Hi, this is Mike Zapsik from a Shared Universe Podcast Studio, and you're listening to Talking Codswalla Podcast. Hey, it's Taylor from Calling the Shots. Hey, this is Steve from Calling the Shots. Hey, what's up? It's Mike from the Pizza Beer Revolution Podcast. Hi, this is uh, Derek D from PBR Podcast and DerekD.com, of course. And you are listening to Talking Codswallop. Talking Codswallop. How you guys doing? This is great. This is the POTUS. It's the President of the United States. Donald, you're looking at the wild up of the swelling. That's what you're listening to. It's great. I got to tell you, the swell up of the wall is great. I love walls. And the cod wallop, it's swell up. Fantastic. You're listening to it. Wallops, cods. Fish, walls, swallows. So what uh, what is it we're doing? Well, I just come on at this time every Tuesday, and then I just start babbling on. Yeah, that sounds about right. Speak. We're on something, I think, called Speaking Fish? It's not the uh, Talking Chippy, is it? it? That sounds sort of right, but normally there's someone who, like, you know, herds us, like, you know, herding cat style, I think, and pulls it together. Together? Does that sound right? The, the, the talking? Yeah, something like that. The talking trout pout? Yeah, talking trout pout. Yeah, that might be it, you know. I think you could be right. Anyway, all right there. All right. So welcome to this week's Talking Codswell. I be Gemma, I be. I'm James. And I'm Andy. <laughs> so sorry, guys. So unfortunately, Gemma is not with us today. She is uh, hard at it editing our, our Halloween episode, which you hopefully have just listened to. Uh, if this mm-hmm. is being dropped on normal time. Otherwise, if this is a banker episode, it was in 2019 that the episode that Emma's done. Emma? Gemma? <laughs> is <that> Emma. <laughs> cut that one out. Cut that bit out. Yeah. I guess that is this for the week. Emma. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so where is this Emma yeah. chick who normally yeah. directs us? Yes, where is Emma? Um, yeah, it's definitely... It, we are a male-orientated episode this week because uh, Gemma, or Emma, is, uh, as, as Andy said, is working very hard to uh, get things ready for you, the lovely listener, in relation to our Halloween episode. Which hopefully was spectacular enough for you to be rolling around on the floor laughing. Or so scared that you've trapped uh, locked yourself in a room. Yeah. While I try and recover my voice. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So you can see, obviously, James wasn't prepared. He didn't do his normal vocal warm-up exercises. La 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 la. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, 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 hey. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. It's, yeah, it's, it's all about me. So, Andy, how are you? How has your week been, my friend? Um, it hasn't been too bad, obviously. Uh, work is just work. Um, but mm-hmm. otherwise, everything is tickety boo. Cats are, uh, well and alive and still have four, four paws each. Got me a white steed back. So, hootling around back in my own car. Mm-hmm. So yeah, life is peachy. I'm just waiting for the the rain cloud to come and settle back over my head, and then business as usual. <laughs> yeah, the, and and quite literally, probably will be physical rain because uh, one of the problems I had uh, is the fact that I was supposed to be attending a uh, comic con 
the London Comic Con with oh, uh, Gemma yes. uh, and other people. But in the case uh, for me, I couldn't go because there had been an issue with some intrusion on the track, which means some poor person fell onto the track, and extremely bad weather. Uh, so everything got cancelled, so I couldn't actually get anywhere. But, you know, these things happen. Yeah, and did you manage to salvage your weekend? Because obviously you planned to spend it with uh, with our glorious co-host and, and couldn't. I salvaged, I mean, clearly I couldn't sort of like top a Comic-Con, but I had a pretty good weekend. I caught up with people, caught up with family and friends, ate far more than I should have done. Uh, but had a really good weekend, yeah, despite the really heavy rain and insanely wacky weather we've been having. But, you know, it is autumn. It is autumn, yes, and it was just perfect. Well, for us in, in South, it was uh, perfectly timed that after the clocks went back, it was just bitterly cold. Yeah, same here. But in North, we had constant rain for several days, and then by the end of the week, it's going to be raining again. Yeah. But at least you live on the hill and you won't get flooded. That's true, because you have seen pictures where there's been incredibly high levels of uh, flooding. Uh, and, well, it, it, it ain't good. And the scariest thing on the weather warning is when you were looking at sort of whales. And it didn't even sort of give... On the other warnings, you said, like, you know, could be risk of damage to business, could be flooding. Wales just said, like, impending flooding and impending damage to properties. There wasn't even sort of like a, uh, uh, the possibility that it might not happen. Yeah. Go, go see Noah. Try and get on yeah. Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Get one of each animal because you're not going to find two in this weather. Is, is Tewkesbury underwater is, or is Tewkesbury surrounded and it's an island and cut off? can't remember from the headlines do you know what i don't know but i know it yeah i don't know off the top of my head but it's yeah it's a damn shame because there were people um obviously really looking forward to going out to the convention who we were going with mm. uh and they couldn't make it but you know it happens it's better my worst fear and i think the worst worst fear for a lot of people was you'd go all the way down on the train you'd fight because it wouldn't have been an easy journey and then you'd be stranded in London, unable to get back on a train. Yeah, um, paying London not, prices for accommodation exactly. and food. And if you're not prepared or able to do that, you're a bit screwed, really. Yeah. But, you know, to the credit, Virgin and the London train service have given me all my money back. So right, I'm so happy about that one. They try and um, fob you off with, oh, but you could travel on another day. Why don't you keep your ticket? Didn't even raise the question. Oh, that's good. Simply just, simply just, do you want a refund? Yes, please. Done. Oh, that's good. Because I know sometimes companies are reluctant to hand back your money. They would rather give you a credit note or a, mm. an open ticket. So you can uh, travel at your leisure. No, Virgin were really, really good. No questions asked. Straight away gave me the money. Amazingly, I went to the train station today because I thought there'd be no way I'd get the money back for my, uh, you know, day travel ticket for London. Mm. No questions again. Oh, excellent. I, said, I explained it to them a little bit at the start. And they just went, nope, full refund. There you go. Yeah. Now piss off. I've got other people yeah. to moan at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, hmm. so my question was going to be, Andy, you've discussed the good things that have happened this week. You've got your car back. Your cats are all well. Have you got any codswall up for us this week? Um, I think I might have had, but I've just mellowed out since it happened. I mean, the, my Ooh. journey to and from the office is still gut-wrenchingly 
painful. It makes me chew my steering wheel on most days. And what what's really getting to you on the that that aspect of the journey then? It's just people just in a desperate hurry to get to where they want to get to, and they just p- try and just push you over the limit, like yeah. the speed limit. Yeah. Now, where there are no speed cameras. I might feel inclined just to put my foot down, mm-hmm. just to get out of your way so you can get onto your very important appointment. Um, but when there's average speed cameras, fuck off. I'm staying at 50. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree on that. And you can come zipping up to my ass as quickly as you like. You can flash me in the mirrors. You can pull right up to my ass. I don't give a fuck. I'm staying at 50. When I can move in, I will move in. You know, and it's, it, I just, I had it today where, 60 on the m25 with the variable speed limit and this audi q7 just come hooning it down on the outside and then just jammed on the brakes and then just popped into my braking gap between me and the car in front and then was so aggressive getting onto the m4 that he got himself kind of trapped on, into the first lane so he can get into the second lane meanwhile i was able to just get from the first to the second with ease and then he tries again and he nearly nearly had the same accident that I just had last month hmm. with him. And I was thankfully I was able to nip out into the third lane because I couldn't put my anchors on because there was another twat coming hooning up behind me. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, just like, there's absolutely yeah. no fucking need for it. No, there isn't. Out of interest, have you ever found there is a specific vehicle that's driven? No, no. But, there is a particular driving style, yeah. two particular driving styles of the driver's position. Okay, go on. I'm intrigued. Tell me. So if I look in my rearview mirror and I see the hands at five to one mm-hmm. and the driver's shoulders are forward, then I know I've got someone who's impatient. Yeah. If I'm just sat there at, at the speed limit, unable to move over, and he's got one arm on the windowsill, the other one at 12 o'clock, and his head is trying to look around the side of my car, I know I've got another. I say he, it can be a she as well. I know I've got another impatient driver. I just It's always when I look back, I tend to see those two driving styles. See, that's an interesting thing when you say about hand positioning, because I'm thinking about my own driving style, and probably, for me, um, yeah, pray around, I am unfortunately probably around the five-to-one driving style. Yeah, <laughs> whereas my thumbs are sat up, quarter to three and i'm right just, interesting i've got my hand behind but i touch the flappy paddles like they're like i use them but i don't hmm. but i typically just have my thumbs and my hands wrapped around i'm not clenching the steering i tend to sit fairly upright i don't lean back um, but yeah just so yeah yeah you'd hate my driving styling so i lean back one hand on the wheel yeah you know no pain at all. Mm-hmm. Wait for people to get out of my way as I'm going down the motorway. <laughs> yeah, in your white white T-shirt with your gold chain on the outside. <laughs> Not quite on the clothing, but... <laughs> yeah. It's a chewing gum with your banging tones. <laughs> See, the thing that I find interesting is that when you're saying about... Um, yeah, like that that style of driving, I do know what you mean. Um, invariably, unfortunately, because we both drive Audis, <laughs> we we fall into the out, angry Audi driver classification. Although I think we're pretty better behaved than most. You certainly sound better behaved than most. I unfortunately do have that element where I want to get to places very quickly. Sometimes, you know, certainly on the motorway, I want to keep going at a constant speed, and I want people to get out my way. So I do have that problem. But that said, I do try and be courteous and thank people when they, uh, you know, let me out and move and things. So I used to be like that. 
up until yeah. I, I moved overseas and gave up driving. Mm. I'm the sort of driver that I used to be that, oh, yes, I would come kind of hooning up behind you, but I would, I would like to think I could, I could give you a nice, comfortable feeling that I'm not trying to push you down the road. Um, but as soon as you pulled over into the other lane, I was dropping down the gears, redlining it past you and hoofing it along. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I had a fuel card as well. So whilst I was paying for my fuel in my tax the next year, it wasn't coming out of my pocket. So, you know, it was kind of like free fuel. Yeah. And I was in a diesel. Um, but now I'm in a petrol car and I'm paying at the pump. Mm. I'm a little bit more cognizant of my my right foot and i joke and say that i sweat when the refs go over 2000 because like i i can see it if i go above 2000 my mpg just immediately drops by one yeah and it just keeps dropping by one dropping by one dropping by one i'm really happy if i can get to work and i'm above 50 i'm really chuffed when i get 59 i've seen 60 on my journey a couple of times so 60 miles per gallon mpg but i know if i hooned it i'll be doing 32 miles to the gallon you know so I'll, I'll be ripping through the tank every 350 miles rather than every 500 miles i hate to say it, andy but you are playing what sounds like the most middle-aged game ever mm, yeah trying to keep the fuel economy going i know but sometimes <laughs> there there's been a few occasions where i've just blipped it from d from dynamic into sport mm. and i've just speed limiter onto the speed limit i've just hooned it um around but then I quickly put it back into dynamic mode and mm -hmm. settle on in cruise control. Da, 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 da. But it's nice to have that power when you need it to skirt, scoot past people or to quickly get out of a junction. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's the big thing that I like in my car well, when I've got it um, is that, you know, you need to move quickly out of the situation. You will move. Um, it's great on eater on the miles. It's comfortable. One other thing just to try and justify the fact that I'm not an old man just yet. Okay, um, go on. I believe you. It's also a lot, of, a lot of the journeys that I do, the amount of times that I can actually put my foot down is kind of limited. You know, I could only get right. okay. half a mile down the road before I've got to back off or put the anchors on. You know, so actually to get a nice smooth run and try and get it to the red line through every gear. It's just, I just can't get the space on the roads to do it and have enough time to, True. okay, I can see you. You're two miles ahead of me. I will need to start thinking about braking now, <laughs> you know, or, you know, you can think, right, are you going to come out into my lane? Okay. When are you coming out? You know, and it's just, I find it very exhausting actually, because um, that's that increased level of concentration on being aware of what's going on further down the road that's going to impede you as well as what is that twat 200 meters away from you going to do i think one thing that sort of, that i found because obviously we, we discussed the element of the really bad rain uh you know and the, the way the weather's been is that you will get certainly on motorways you have two types of driver in bad weather you have the people who drive like it's still dry and a wonderful sunny day and there are no, no issues so they're doing about 90 miles an hour down the motorway yeah. who you know are gonna like if they're not careful gonna aquaplane somewhere and end up eating concrete in a wall yeah. and hopefully not you in the process of trying to get to the wall absolutely or you have the people who drive slowly horrendously slowly terrifyingly slow who probably could actually be more dangerous than the people driving too fast because you'll be going along at speed and suddenly you're greeted by somebody doing like four yeah. 
terrified, clearly. You know, when you finally get past them, they're gripping the steering, mm. excuse me, the steering wheel, like there's no, you know, uh, uh, for dear life. Look of abject horror yeah. on their face. Yeah, uh, which I can get, because, you know, driving in horrendous weather is it's not always the most fun you can have, but, you know. It's driving to the conditions, you, and also, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you may well be in a Porsche GTS, and, you know, you may well have ceramic brakes. But, you know, is that really going to help you when you're, as you say, aquaplaning or you hit a bit of oil no. yeah. on a wet surface? Yeah. You know, it's, I do sometimes wonder when people sit on my backside, if it would make any difference if I had a little sticker on the back of my car that says, how good are my brakes? Yeah, my brakes don't work. Yeah. yeah, how old are my brakes? How, you know, it's just like, you don't know how good my brakes are. So, you know, am I going to be stopping on a dime because I'm running a set of ECB straight street racing brakes? Or have I got the manufacturer ones and I've absolutely shacked them and it's going to take me forever and a day to, <laughs> to get to a, a grinding halt. Yeah. That's one of these things. And I, I, my old car, I used to have the ECB greens, the street racing brakes, just again, because I was driving like a hooligan. And I bet that made a real difference. I mean, I'm asking with no real knowledge, what was the level of difference that you would feel? Noticeable, very noticeable. Yeah, really? yeah, it was to the point where you could probably leave it a good sort of 10, 10, 15 meters before you started braking, depending on what speed you were doing. Um, and then when you coupled that up with um, directional tires, um, which is what I had summer directional tires on, grip was just, you know, you were saying the other day, you know, when you, you put your foot down in, in the uh, A4 state you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that bite and that propulsion forward, you know, and, you know, when you put your foot on the brake, you felt the front dip as you put your foot on the brakes you did in what what you also felt certainly in that just to explain listeners because we're now on the car corner portion of talking cod's wallop um uh, i've had an ongoing issue if you listen back to the previous episodes uh with repair work to my audi a6 unfortunately it's still ongoing uh after some person ran to the back of it um so this is still an ongoing process. However, they were very nice to me at Audi, and they gave me a 68-plate, wonderful black line, uh, sorry, yeah, S-line black edition Audi A4 Quattro. It moved like you-know-what off a shovel, uh, and we were, you know, we, but Andy and I both discussed this, the fact that also it had, like, an amazing grip, but you felt a real kick of the power with the Quattro, uh, which you would not feel in, a, in normally in cars um, that are, are a two-wheel drive system. Oh, it, was, it, it's, it was an amazing feeling. Just one last thing from me on driving like a hooligan on things that I miss. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drive like a hooligan tomorrow now. <laughs> I've always had manual. Yeah, I want an update yeah. on that. Unfortunately, I'm in an automatic that's... that's born out of a nanny state so what i used to do in a manual i probably can't do anymore because it will say no no the revs are too high yep. you know but I used to, or i'll just lock uh, up i used to love country road driving and when you're coming up to a set of bends just taking your foot off the accelerator having that torque slow you down yeah and then just dropping yeah, yeah. it through the gears to get the stability to get the revs back up and get that stability but also at the same time having that engine torque just bring you back down oh it was it's an, a lovely feeling and you'd always sort of sigh when you came up behind what you know mercedes where yeah it goes off like shit off a stick but it's a fucking automatic so they can't engine brake yeah. you've got to hit the brakes as they go into a corner 
you know, unless they've got yeah. super duper suspension. Whereas, you know, you're just going from sixth to fifth to fourth, maybe, and then quickly back up to fifth as you apex and off out you go. I know exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. I mean, the only thing that I've found, I have driven both automatics and manuals, and the automatic, the Quattro they gave me was an automatic. The only thing I didn't like on it was um, that second of lag you get mm. when you plant your foot down. It's not, not that bad. You know, it was worse in the five, uh, when I drove an M5, the, uh, lag on that was really noticeable. You put your foot down and it then just suddenly burst forward after a few seconds, whereas this, the Audi Quattro was a bit quicker. Yeah. It's still noticeable. You isn't don't it? have that element of control that you have when you're doing it yourself. Um, yeah. But hey, you know, all these things are good. Um, so, I mean, if I wasn't such a tight wad, I would certainly splash out on a track day. Yeah. And drive a proper track car and, and just, do all that proper apexing and downshifting and braking late. Yeah, I, I can't justify 250 mm. quid for half an hour in a sports car. I, I, and to be fair, one thing I do sort of miss is real handbrakes, as mm. nothing has a real handbrake anymore, so you can't, for example, not that I'm condoning on saying I ever did this, but you can't, for example, do a fun handbrake turn. You can't suddenly pull the handbrake to come to a halt very quickly, uh, because everything is just electronic now, and if you tried that, you'd probably just cause the engine to seize or something. Yeah. Do you know, I never mastered the handbrake turn. I never had a, I never hung around in a group where we did it. Hmm. And there was never really any car, car park suitable to do it without trashing your wheels up against the curb. Well, we, we, you know, now I can say this with some distance to it. But yeah, we did the handbrake turns. Of quite a few, me and my friends who were into driving would do that. And yeah, they were okay. Uh, and I was pretty good at doing them. But yeah. They're not something you can do all the time, but yeah. And I think it is pretty much impossible, isn't it, in a car with a electric handbrake to do anything fun like that. So And the, prob- the problem you have with the electric system is that when it breaks, it really buggers everything up. So Yes, sadly, cars have become wonderfully convenient, but wonderfully expensive when they go wrong. Yeah, anyway, enough of a middle-aged man's car corner. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So, have you got any Codswallop for this week? Um, the only Codswallop I have probably does, in fact, it is still car related, is the fact that, in fact, no, it's, we're not going to name and shame any people. But all we're going to say is this if you are in a service industry and you say you will do something for somebody, and the person, your customer, asks you repeatedly, can you please do something, as simple as sending me an email to tell me what's going on with something, just do it. I understand you're busy, but I don't want to have to ask you five times on five different calls for an update. I understand you're very apologetic and you sort the situation out, which touch what they've done, but you shouldn't have to be saying, can you please send me an email to confirm it? Yeah. And the person says, yes, I will send you an email, it's fine. Two days later, nothing. Three days later, nothing. More calls upon calls. All you want to see as a customer or as somebody even running a business, all you want to see is a proper chain of communication that actually works and doesn't leave the company and the customer completely lost as to what is going on. Yeah, just basic service. That's that's all we ask for. And this isn't a codswallop per se of the service, but of other people's expectation of service. So what you said, what you've given is a really good example of like good expectation, poor service. Yeah. Um, I did a click and collect order, uh, from PC world yesterday, Curry's PC. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I rocked up with my, uh, receipt and bless him. There was one guy on the tills 
and the the guy running the click and collect was in the middle of doing trying to sort out a refund or another customer's issue so he said to me i'll be with you in a moment I said, yeah yeah no worries so i loitered within 10 and i can't my I remembered I needed the toilet. So I said, oh, have you got a, a customer toilet? So yeah, yeah, at the back. So off I went, trotted off, did my, my business, came back, and I found two other humans who had now occupied, <laughs> occupied what was an, an empty space. Yeah. So I just went, oh, okay, no worries. You know, that's the twat tax you pay for needing to empty your bladder, uh, you know, at middle age. And uh, the guy in front of me was getting a bit tetchy, you know. He'd only been there for about a minute. And then probably another five minutes and he got really arsy with the, uh, the guy behind the counter going, you know, can you get someone out here to serve? And it's like, oh, you know, everyone's busy. So, oh, this isn't good enough. I said, I'll, I'll just, when he looked at me for support, I said, you know, I, unfortunately, you know, you're, you've been sat here, but I went, I was actually before you. Um, I just gone to the toilet mm-hmm. and I came back to find you two standing there. So, you know, don't ask me for my opinion, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's, it's a Monday night. No, yeah, it was Monday night on a trading estate next to the, the M4. Yeah. They're not going to be staffed up for a Saturday shopping. No, they're not. No one ever goes in there. So don't expect them to be, look around you. You know, this isn't, the store's not busy, so they're not going to have 15 people to one person. You know, but it was that expectation that he would be in and out just yeah. like that. No, you go in midweek of an evening you know that the retail industry is on its knees. Yeah, true. You know everything's expensive. So from a store's perspective, they need to keep their labor costs down. And that means having fuck all staff on. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's enough of my sermon from the Mount on, on people's expectations. But I think the interesting thing that we're here on is that dealing with, um, even if you're getting bad customer service where I've had this problem, it's not been the end of the world. So it's not awful, awful service no one's going to die nothing's going to go horribly wrong you can tell people you touch you who you're dealing with in the service industry but the problem you've got is you've got to remember to try and be nice to the people yeah and i don't mean that in an unkind manner like oh yeah you should be shitty with them you've got to remember to be nice what i mean is i always try and be nice to the people because i learned in my certainly my job in housing screaming shouting threatening will get you absolutely nowhere all it does is get the person's back up and they're less likely to help you. So if you try and keep, you know, keep your jets cool, and um, even if you are having a bad time, and just be courteous, these people are human beings, and frankly, they've had to deal with customer after customer after customer after customer. I always think people should try and bear that in mind. You're gonna, you, what do they say? You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Yeah, and. You know, we've got to remember these guys don't get paid to give a shit. Yeah, it's true. You know, they're, they're on minimum wage. So their main concern is getting through their shift and, have, and hoping that they don't have as many customers like you in their face yeah. yelling at them at things they can't control. Yeah. But I always joke and laugh because my first job was with uh, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, could, I always say to people, if you can deal with someone screaming at you over a 59p hamburger, <laughs> you can deal with anything. Oh, come on, tell us the story. I've only lost my rag with a customer once. Yeah. And it was a it was a busy bank holiday weekend, and, and the store I worked in was a small drive-through next to a uh, an A-road, so that's like a dual carriageway. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, would, we just did not anticipate the volume of sales. So, you know, we were very kind of like, ah, fuck. Yeah. You know, so we're all doing our best. What do we do? Don't panic. Yeah, don't panic. Well, it wasn't more that. It was like, just fuck me. Where yeah. do these come from? Right. 
get the chicken in, you know, get the chicken down. Let's make sure we've got enough food. You know, let's just, or everyone just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the drive through window and, uh, I think it was probably like a chicken. Yeah, it was a chicken sandwich. Uh, you know, we'd run out of chicken patties. So they were just, you know, cooking up some fresh bass of chicken. Yeah. So I said, look, you know, unfortunately it's going to be in uh, about three, four minutes for your chicken sandwich. You know, if you want to go to parking bay one, we'll bring it straight out to you as soon as it's ready. Oh, that's not good enough. Oh, well, I've been fucking waiting for fucking ages. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> Oh, like, oh, unfortunately, you know, it's still going to be three or four minutes. So, you know, if you just want to go to the parking bay, it's going to be three or four minutes here or it's going to be three or four minutes there. But, you know, unfortunately, I need you to go to the parking bay. That's not good enough. Rawr! So I said, well, what I can do for you is I can give you a refund. And if you just want to exit the car park and go into the BP garage, they do chicken there. How's about that? <laughs> or do you want to go in the parking bay and wait for three minutes? And he drove off. And I immediately turned on my heel, walked over to the manager's office, shut the door, said to the manager, you might want to get give me a warning because I imagine in the next couple of minutes you're going to have a very irate customer. Hmm. And I, I fessed up to it. But, but it was, I shouldn't have reacted like that, but it was just one of these self-entitled people who just paid £2.88, as it was back in the day, from a chicken sandwich. And he can't wait four or five minutes. Get the fuck. <laughs> and did you, did you get a complaint coming? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'd say you did the right thing, though, by going and telling your manager that things could potentially go right. I used to sometimes do that when I was dealing with people who were unjustly irate with me over things. Um, we once had an instance with a, a lady who was complaining about me over, um, it was something to do with her mother. The entire argument, really, if you, you dissected it, was this woman was feeling guilty because she'd not given enough time to helping her mother. But she wanted to hold the housing organization responsible for this uh, and the failings. Um, and I remember saying to my manager when I came back in, I said, I'm going to forewarn you. The daughter's pissed off at me. She won't back down. You're going to get a complaint. Uh, but I've been as good as I can with her and kept my jets cool. And, you know, as you said, you don't, you do the, well, as I was saying, you do do the right thing, I think, by giving your manager forewarning this, this sort yeah. of thing's going to happen. I mean, my manager just laughed at me, said, you're such a twat, yeah. and then just gave me my written warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I took it on the chin, you know, and that's, shouldn't react it, you know, should have gone, yes, sir, no, sir, yeah. three bags full, sir, the parking bay's over there, sir. Bend over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's uh, like lube yeah. or without lube, sir. Yeah. What would what would please you best, sir? <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but you know, I, I I just buy into common decency. Yeah, and that's the thing that you're thinking, common decency. So, in relation to what we've just just discussed, an interesting one. I'd love to hear from listeners. What is the absolute worst service you've ever received? <laughs> We're going into McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and was it by some spotty youth telling you to go to the BP garage? Because <laughs> if it was you, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> I'll see you next yeah. Tuesday. In the car park, <laughs> late at night. Yeah, that's it. But I'll be wearing my McDonald's apron with my hat on back to front. And as a weapon of choice, you're going to use the straw, but the problem you've now got is it's paper straws. I said, but I'm, I'm imagine I can still blow the wrapper off with some gusto. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough stabby, uh, stabby power with a paper straw, though. No, not at all. So, uh, so yeah, so have we got any other topics to discuss this week? I think you had a topic. Yeah, an interesting topic that was raised that went out to our sweet, gentle, kind listeners relates to the dating world. Now, as a single man, 
I'm quite open to any advice to that can help me navigate the dating world. Now, the question we ask our listeners is, as I will uh, get the thing to show me, what is the etiquette for first dates? So many, so first dates, many dates in general, or when you're out with your friends. Now, our big question in this is, should you split the bill, or should one person pay for it all? Uh, and we also asked, for example, if it's a date, should the chair be pulled out by the, uh, in this case, the, uh, we'll say the man, but it can be a woman, could be anything, could be, yeah. could be somebody who identifies as uh, non-gender, non-binary, whatever. Could the alpha yeah. of the partnership yeah. pull out the chair? The alpha person of that relationship, correct. Yeah. No genders. Um, so we asked that question, but what I'm going to do is actually initially throw it out and say to you, Andy, what's your view on this uh, as my, my co-host? So on a date, I will probably just assume that I'm paying. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly not every single date, but maybe the first date, and then maybe the second date, I'll let them offer to pay or go splits. And if not, I'll pick up the tab to a point and then they'll get to a point where I'll go like, okay, should we meet at KFC? <laughs> yeah, you know, not McDonald's because they don't let me there anymore. That's it, yeah. yeah I'm banned as an ex-crew member, you know. Um, but no, generally, I'm I'm more of an old-school gentleman yeah. from that perspective. But, you know, I don't act in horror when I'm told, no, it's okay, I'll pay, or no, let's split it either pains me when people do this when they go right well well i had the popper doms uh but i only had one and you had three um i then we had onion barges i had all of them um we shared a pilau rice and i had a chicken tikka masala and an arm let's get oh and then i had a glass of tap water Let's get out the calculator. Yeah, you know, or we could just go 50-50 down the middle. It's up to you because I pretty much had the same with you, but I maybe spent a pound extra and had a Coke, you know. A Coke? How dare you? Um, Yeah. So, you know, on on the dating, I I tend to take the lead and then just react to how the other person wants to to deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. If a waiter came up to me at the start of the meal, you know, and said, okay, uh, you know, here's the menus. Um, now, can I just ask, will you be splitting the bill? Do you want it itemized or use one person paying? I would just feel really uncomfortable mm. and just look at the person opposite me. Um, what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, um, but when I'm with friends, mm-hmm. um, I think it's pretty much divide the bill by the number of people. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I but can there's kind that. of caveats to that because if someone has just come out and, you know, they're on antibiotics or they've chosen not to drink or, you know, there's a reason why everyone else is on alcohol, but they're on soft drinks or they've already had a a meal. So they've only had a starter or a dessert. Then I wouldn't expect them to contribute an equal share. You know, you can just pay what you want and we'll divide the rest by the rest of the table. Um, Again, I don't like people sort of itemizing their bills, um, but I certainly wouldn't let one person pick up the tab for the entire table unless it was pre-agreed or, you know, yeah. there was a reason, yeah. good reason for them doing so. Because I would do, sometimes if it's just two of us going out for a meal, I might go ask my treat. Mm-hmm. Just go look at the bill and go, right, 25 quid each, whatever, down the middle, we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, what about you? well, to be fair, what you have said is that we, you know, on that discussion, we have uh, a very similar point to the way we do things, Andy. I will generally on a date pay, f- you know, 
the, the bill, unless the person stringently says to me they want to, the, the girl stringently says to me she wants to, to split the bill, I will pay the bill. Um, the etiquette thing is also very interesting. The etiquette thing was actually a question I sort of threw at myself, which was, um, you know, I will open car doors, I will move chairs, uh, to let the ladies sit down, um, that sort of that sort of interesting sort of old school way of doing things, but while you were saying the same thing, I had an interesting thought, which was: so you and I are taking, uh, you know, you take a lady out, I take a lady out. We take the gentlemanly route of doors, chairs, etc. Is that something that is still good now, or is that something that's frowned upon? And because I, I wonder, because obviously we seem to be. Could could it be perceived that you're belittling a lady doing that? I think you've got to know the person yeah. doing it to. So I don't do the chair thing. Right. I don't think I've ever done that. I thought, I've, for me, I'm a bit awkward at doing stuff like that. Um, but I'll certainly, I, I won't take a, a, a seat until they've chosen which side of the table yes. they want to sit on. Um, occasionally, I'll remember that perhaps I should hold the jacket so they can get into it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things I forget to do, but holding the door open offering to pay the bill or assuming I'm going to pay the bill is natural. Other things are a bit awkward. But I think if you know already that you're dating a strong, independent woman, I probably wouldn't be as chivalrous as maybe I would be with, I'll say princess, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but, you know, someone who wants wants to be on a pedestal, but, you know, likes that kind of treat, then I couldn't do it all the time. And I certainly would not set the expectation that, if we are dating in the long term, this is it for 40 years. Yeah. I'd just like to point out that they're all strong, independent women. Yeah, you know, but there are... I, but I understand. No, slightly, I understand off, slightly off topic, but I list, there was uh, an episode of Freakonomics that was on at the weekend, and it was all about, gen, you know, how improving gender equality can fix a number of not just society problems, but economic problems and, blah, blah, and productivity, blah, 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 blah. But they were talking about the Disney princess syndrome. Yes. And if for the first four years, girls are subjected to the print Disney princess and watching Disney and having the being treated like a princess and, you know, and having everything pink and sparkly and wonderful and unicorns. Mm. And they, that tends to carry through for the rest of their lives. So it's presenting them with what, maybe unrealistic expectations or this idea that yeah. they have to, and well, I suspect that. And also this idea they have to conform to a gender stereotype. Yeah. It's that help, you know, it's the Disney, I've not, I'm not a big Disney watcher. So I, you know, for the Disney fans, you know, feel free to bombard me on Instagram with abuse if I get this wrong, but I think the general character construct for a Disney film, historic, you know, when you look at Beauty and the Beast, is the woman is a helpless, pretty young thing they need, escaping yeah. a, a, a father who's overbearing. And they need a big, strong comes, man, don't they, to come and save them and sweep, a sweep big, them off the feet. princess. Prin- princess? For them the life. No, handsome prince. Prince. You know? prince. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, a big handsome prince to come to sweep them off their feet and rescue them and leave them wanting nothing yes. from life. Um, and if children mm. kind of under four are growing up with that and still presented with that as they get through their later parts of childhood before teenage years, then that does imprint upon them that if they act a certain way, good things will happen. So I don't have to do anything. It will just come to me if I'm a sweet person. Interesting. Versus kind of working for it, you know, not having that damsel in distress, heroic knight, white knight. Because I guess I'm a bit of a white knight because I've maybe been imprinted from watching 
the male characters yeah. and the action yeah. stuff. Well, interestingly, on this the topic of what we asked, looking at the, uh, the res- responses we got on Facebook, we got a more male-based response. Uh, who did a female response? Uh, I don't. I can't remember. If it, uh, do we normally say the names of the people who've chipped in? I think we should. Yeah, we should. We will do that. Well, we're all good. So interesting. So Joanne, who uh, is a loyal listener, wonderful woman, cosplayer, I know. So hello, Joanne. Um, she has put forward that people should both pay equal parts because it's not fair on the man to pay it all because women aren't there to be kept, which is a really valid point. Yeah. Really valid point. And it ties into what we were saying earlier. Interestingly, we get a male response, which is, first person is Owen. Uh, so just to explain, it's Joanna Alexander who uh, left our, our comment initially. Then Owen Edmonds left the comment of, if he asks a woman out, he expects to pay. However, if she wants to go houses, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, he also sort of has the same view as us, which is that, out of common courtesy, you should hold the door open. Things like that for people. Yeah. Adrian Finney made the same point. He said doors should be held open for people as it's polite. Uh, regarding paying for a meal, um, he pretty much says what we said, and certainly what you said, which it depends on the situation. So sometimes he's paid, sometimes people have gone halves, sometimes the date's paid. Um so, yeah, it's that sort of situation. Yeah. Uh, Adrian is, in fact, married, uh, I think. So, yeah, he, he obviously, you know, has uh, survived the dating game uh, and got a great uh, result from it by getting married. But it's an interesting thing, like you were saying about, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head, I think, where you were saying maybe when you start out, the dynamic is slightly different on a date. And over time, uh, as you're going out with your partner, you may start splitting things more on the way things are, uh, are paid. And Bob W. Christian, man after my own heart, doors, chair pulling, it's all common courtesy. Yeah. As he was uh, told, he's been married for quite a long time. I think he's saying that initially he would have picked up the check, um, but it's something that would now change differently. <laughs> what I love is what he said, that with friends, everything's now just chip or pin or pay on your own. So... And tills will even let you divide bills. So what I found when we've gone out with friends is inevitably someone like me who forgets to get cash out. Yeah. So I'll I'll pay the bill, and it's just either give me cash or PayPal me. Well, yeah, I know so, I know what you mean. Although when I went out a um, couple of weeks back with a couple of catch up with a couple of my old friends, we ended up playing the most middle aged game ever. Well, sorry, I'm going to name and shame. Jamie played the most middle aged game ever, which is where he he wants to try and round up the bill. <laughs> <laughs> and work out what the bill is before he gets to see it. <laughs> I just looked at him and said, this is the most middle-aged game you're ever going to play, Jamie. What's the bill? What's the bill? Let me guess. Don't tell me. <laughs> and the loser gets to buy yeah. the cognacs yeah. at the end. So, now, what do you do when someone doesn't... So when you've gone down the route, I'll, you know, I'll pay. Just give me the cash either now or PayPal me. But when they don't... Is there a limit... Yeah where you think, I'm not going to chase... We've been friends for too long for me to chase you up to give me the money. Hmm. Do you ask for all the money's owed, irrespective of your relationships, or do you just say, do you know what? For the sake of 50 quid, I'm letting that one slide. I will generally ask to get the money back, but if it's somebody I've known a long time, I'll let it slide. Hmm. Generally, it's never a huge amount of money. Um, yeah. And yeah, but generally, I will let things slide. Um, but... 
going back to this thing about splitting a bill, I had a, an amusing like flashback moment. I went for dinner with my friend Elizabeth, and this thing of when you're splitting the bill, you know, we always she she's very insistent the bill will be split. Now, I'll, I mean, I'll pay for her on some things. She'll pay for me on some things. We'll split the bill. But if you really want to like see if you can piss a waiter off quickly, let them deliver the bill to you, <laughs> and then. When they put it down and they go off and do whatever else to do, when they come back say, uh, sorry, I don't mean to be difficult, but could we split it? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's face, Jesus. <laughs> I said to when he went off to sort it out, and, I think we pissed him off. <laughs> That's it. You say it when you ask the bill, go, oh, can we get the bill, but yeah. could you split it? Yeah, you've got to do it there and then. You've got to be quick. No delay, no delay. <laughs> That's it. So... On Twitter, Jem uh, very kindly was able to forward some stuff on to me. So the Bats and Balls podcast from uh, New South Wales in Australia. G'day. Uh, the person who asked the other out should at least go in expecting they might have to pay. Mm-hmm. But I'm all for split bills where agreed. Hashtag pies nose. <laughs> uh, McKen- uh, Mackenzie Lambert, never do dinner on the first date. It feels like there is more pressure in that scenario. The girl I'm seeing, and I met at a coffee shop, and I offered to buy her a drink. It felt more laid back. But there we go. You know, there was an offer. Mm. Do you want me to get this? Yeah, yeah. I, c- I can see that, yeah. Yeah, and that was from uh, Cinemac. And then from at Melissa the Duffy. I was taught by my mum that whoever's idea it, it was to eat out should be the one to offer to pay. However, on an earlier informal date, going Dutch should, should be expected. Yeah, it's a good point. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. At zero seventy-seven, my husband and I used to split the bill when we first started dating, then switched to taking turns, paying for meals out. We've been married for thirteen years and still use that system. Exactly what we were saying there was. Yeah, if you start out maybe one way, but you gradually slip into another. Well, if it ain't broke, you end up in a KFC. (laughs) If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's it. When it's new, split that motherfucker, regardless of who asked who out. After a while, take turns keeping it fair. We need to know. Your friends always operate by TV, like only in a dark room, while listening to Phil Collins, One More Night, and Hope for the Best. <laughs> and that's from Blumpkin <laughs> Show, the ref Johnny Blumpkin. <laughs> oh, brilliant. You got any uh, from any more from Facebook? That's all I got, I'm afraid. Uh, those are the only okay. ones I got. But it's, uh, all right, I'll continue on with some more from Twitter then. Because, yeah, we've got a good response from this, so I think we should, uh, you know, yes, say absolutely. the ones we got in. So, at heavy 10 mil, 10 millimeter. Any man who bulks at paying for his date's meal is no longer eligible for the perks of manhood. Any woman who won't allow her date to pay is unworthy of taking home to mom. Unless you're a lib, in which case get together until you fight over custody of the dogs in the divorce. <laughs> to which uh, bring on the weird replied with, get on them heavy. I agree with everything you said. Uh, the Boobies and Newbies podcast. Um, it's all about communicating whether you split the bill or not. I'm a fan of splitting, or I'll get dinner, you get the movie. Seriously, people, just talk about it with your date. Very true. Yep. And uh, friends talking nerdy podcast replied with, that's what I've been doing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At uh, Super Hour, uh, to be honest, my last round of online dating, I'd offered to pay split on dates. I enjoyed dates with people who turned out to be casually racist, though they paid for my suffering. (laughs) Fair fair play. It's it's wrong, but I do love that phrase, casually racist. Yeah, casually racist, definitely. It sounds just like your grand or your grandpa talking, doesn't it? Just like they dip the toe Speak, into racism. Bit of casual racism. Yeah. Like, oh, grandpa, you can't say that anymore. 
at uh, Bitchin Boutique. Hopefully, I, spell, I, uh, I said that right. I'm liking the, that as a name is brilliant. Yeah. So it's been a long time since I've had a first date. But when I was a single woman in my 20s, it was so rare that a guy paid for my dinner or even did the driving to the restaurant. So I'm going to say, you want to take me out, you pay for it. And that's what the last bit is all in caps. Ooh, well, I think there's a message there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, put that one back in the box. Yeah. Back away yeah. gently. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. At Popcorn Psych, uh, Popcorn Psychology, I've uh, got a nice little pick on this one. So men before date. What if she doesn't offer to pay half the bill? Woman before a date. Has, uh, asterisk. Sense location of date. Picture and description of man to several friends just in case we go missing due to date and they need to find our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, from our good friend Robin underscore Maloney, me, me and my other half split the bill most of the time, though sometimes someone would just pay if they can. Hmm. Although there was a slight uh, typo on that and I nearly read it as verbatim, which was me and Mel, other half. <laughs> so I don't know if, if Melanie is actually your other half or whether that was a typo, but... I'm going to go for me and my other half. Yeah, and if it's like yeah. a Freudian slip, <laughs> yeah, we apologize. Me and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. Oh, I, was more worried, so, yeah, no. I was more worried, Andy, thinking, is Mel a secret partner? Mm. Yeah. Something that Sandra, his actual partner, yeah. if that's her name, doesn't even know about. We will hold no responsibility for any, any marital issues <laughs> through listening to this podcast. So, but what triggered that was... Me doing my normal Google News trawl of things to to read to keep up to date with current affairs. Yeah. I came across this article from the Edinburgh Post where the, the headline was uh, was proudly emblazoned with uh, restaurants offering to split bills for daters. And I was like, okay, but why is that a thing? Yeah, I was Surely thinking that's that. That's just something you do. <laughs> you don't need to announce it to the world. So that's what triggered that question. I think we got a great response from our listeners. I think we got a brilliant response. It's an interesting topic to actually think about and see, uh, you know, well, think about from your own point of view, but see the response from people. Yeah, really, really interesting one. It's also a good pulse check to see how in sync you are with society. So it looks like a lot of our listeners are uh, attuned to our way of thinking. Yeah, they, we all seem the, there seems to be very much a common thread on the way people have responded to it. So it's always nice to know we're not completely out of touch. I am single, but I'm not completely out of touch. That's it. When we both dip our toes back into the dating yeah. pool, you know, we, we should do all right for ourselves. But I think you raised a, a good point um, earlier when uh, you said, you know, do you know in today's day and age where you do have to be cognizant of gender equality mm -hmm. and you know that actually you know women aren't fragile creatures and they are more than capable of getting into a chair by themselves, getting into a car by themselves, and yeah. all the other things is it is that balancing act because some people do want to be treated like that. Yes, they do. They do want that chivalry. You know, maybe not for every single day but maybe for the first day on special occasions you know i think people some people do like generally like that and other people don't and i don't know i thought it's that awkwardness of when someone goes it's okay i can do it yeah but certainly on a first day when you've probably not been able to you won't know the person that well you won't be able to read the person possibly that well unless you've sat mm. them for a long time and this is the first time you've actually gone on a date yeah it's a hard one to to, to work out and you are right you don't want to offend some some lady or man or or whoever by by doing something like that so hmm 
one to think about. It's one of those things, I think, also, also is how you handle that situation. So if you don't like someone doing that for you, I, I think sometimes when you get people snapping, the delivery of that message is really beholden upon the person who needs to send that message. Yeah. And they need to read the situation and you know think, okay, how can I say this without offending them? And it's not about pride. It's more about embarrassment, about being embarrassed about your actions whether or not there's going to be awkward, any awkward silence. Because someone said to me, sorry, I can't have my old doors open. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, sorry, that includes when you've got your arms full. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's one of these things. It's, it's dating anyway and meeting new people, whether it's for professional reasons or personal reasons, you don't know someone very well. It can be quite an anxious um situation i think for a lot of people about in the new in the new world order how do you treat people and how do you interact mm. i think a lot of people do well with just being themselves and not overthinking it you gave me an interesting flash back then when you talk about um sort of offering to help people and things like that and how they respond because i saw a lady who was i think well nearish to where i live she her and her husband and kid have moved into a new house but uh, she was on her own trying to she was carrying stuff from the car, and I said to her, do you need any help with the gate? And for a moment, there was this look of blind panic on her face, cause, which I can understand because I'm some unknown male offering to assist. But she's like, no, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, and let herself in. But you are right, it's that moment of trying to be, I guess, what we perceive as gentlemanly yeah. and how people will react to that. It's also this thing, uh, just as a side note, of how people perceive people they don't know just saying hello to them yeah because some people are very okay with it some people are absolutely picking terrified by it so who knows and backhanded compliments so pe people genuinely want to give a compliment it ends up being a backhanded compliment and it just falls flat on its face and i think that happens more often than not to, to women yeah definitely and that's why the defenses go up and it's it's shocking them I mean, it's it's why i don't talk to anyone i don't just go bowling up men or women don't just go bowling up to them. All right, hello. <laughs> my name's Andy. Will you be my Do friend? Do you come here often? Yeah. <laughs> Will you be my friend, please? Please. Yeah. They're not talking to me, and I need to talk to someone. I'll show you pictures of my cat. Yeah. Look, this is Levi Ashley. <laughs> this is Lacey Ashley. <laughs> They don't know I take pictures of them. When they do, they scowl at me, look like this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. Oh, this one, no, they're asleep, but they're still scowling. Let me show you the scowl where they drew blood. Mm. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's social interaction is, is, is a minefield. It is, completely. It's, it's scary. And one thing that I read in the paper, uh, which there may be more to it, but this is all that's been reported in the paper. There was a, a lad, I think he was about 19, maybe younger. Yeah. And he was obviously, I think he must have had social anxiety issues. And he Googled how to make a friend. Oh, bless him. Yes. And I say bless him, yeah. but yeah. And you've, I think you've, by the sound of it, you've heard about this one. Yeah. And he'd gone to some girl and I think he'd put his hand on her hand or a wrist a possibly touched her on the waist and he's now been hit with sexual well he's been charged as like a um well he's been charged hasn't he now so as i think he's been has he been sentenced because so. when i was reading it he was the, the case was ongoing no, I, and i just read the details and i was a little bit like what the actual fuck on both sides and both arguments yeah 
It's sexual assault, I think, yeah. See, the thing that throws me is, is there more to it than we know that's been reported? This is it. So the way that, the, the, the way that I read it was... He was socially awkward. Yeah. He Googled how to make friends. He then tried to interact with this girl mm-hmm. and awkwardly, I think he touched her on the upper arm and was made her think he was going for her breasts. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of just sort of yanked away and walked off. But depending on whose story you listen to and believe, mm. it's a completely you spins your view. So for him, totally, yeah. He's socially awkward. He was plucking up the courage to try and make a new friend, and just absolutely nosedived into the ground and just froze up. Mm-hmm. From her perspective, this stranger has just come lurching toward her, looking completely and grabbed her and yeah. gone to grab her. So it is, you know, it's, it's, it's he said, she said. You know, it's very difficult. And the problem, what really terrifies me on this, and I'm not taking sides on it, is how are people going to interact with people? Mm. What the hell is the future going to be like? Yeah, because I go to the extreme where I think that is a valid reaction that she's had. If how she said what happened is true and his side is true, her reaction is totally valid. I could look like, I could be that boy It just in any situation where I've meant to do one thing, it's been translated as something completely different. Mm. And it becomes then a, a he said, she said from a point of view. Yeah. There are some things where clearly that, that he said, she said doesn't exist. But, you know, in cases of sexual assault, and genuine, I hate saying genuine sexual assault, but I think listeners know what I mean. You know, um, there are, on the scale so it it does make me overthink and think well actually i don't know you and i don't know what your personality is so i'm just yeah. going to be quiet and not say anything hmm. i'm not going to acknowledge you unless i have to you know indeed indeed it's a very complex one yeah now there was something i read that gave me pause for thought and my initial reaction to it was oh fucking shut up stop overreacting but when i sat and thought about it i thought well Unfortunately, what you've what you're saying, what you're asking, is an unfortunate thing that I should really take into consideration. So what she was saying, it was one of these I think what put my back up more was that kind of social media um patronizing. Yeah. So it was men. When when you see a woman walking by herself cross the road, you know, is that kind of pointy finger patronizing kind of spiel. But basically what she was saying over a number of fucking tweets, <laughs> it was one of those one of one of N jobs. You know, we had to keep going through the replies. Yeah. Um, but she's, she was basically saying because women are typically the main victim of muggings and sexual assaults and unwanted attention. Yeah. When men walking by themselves or in a group see another woman walking on her own, they should take a number of, of actions. Don't acknowledge her don't talk to her don't make eye contact with her cross the road to make it obvious that you are getting out of her way and the 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 basic content context of what she was saying was do absolutely everything in your power to go out of your way to make this one individual feel safe and i was like oh Mm. get what you're saying but mm, do i should i why do i have to do that you know it's one of those kind of where you wanted to to sort of reply with hashtag not all men yeah but that's not a, a, an appropriate response but it, it did sort of initially generate that kind of reaction but then you know i sat there and thought about it and thought raises some very good valid points there hmm. is that something i'm gonna do 
I think I'm going to depend on the situation yeah. uh, I'm in. And I think, where where yeah. am I? What's going on around me? What am I wearing? You know, and out of common courtesy, I will move out of their, their way. I will make the gap between a slightly bigger. I'm not going to hold my line. Yeah. Would I necessarily cross the street? Probably not. And I think it, if she's going yeah. down a dark alley and I need to go down that dark alley, am I going to immediately follow her in? Yeah. Probably not. I might try and overtake her at the earliest opportunity and get further ahead. You know, it's a situation, but it was that kind of lecturing. Sorry. No, no, you, you are. I, 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 I can think exactly what you mean, because I've been there when I've been walking around people. And I've got to think, uh, I'm a man, I'm big, I'm, you know, uh, I've seen, I, I've I've noted the look of, uh, with, with a woman where she's probably thinking, God, am I safe? This guy's behind me, it's dark, he's walking along. Mm. Yeah, I try and give them a wide berth so I'm not scaring people. The concern I have throughout all of this, and it's the thing that I sort of mentioned again earlier, so I'll reiterate it, is for the future and the way things are, how are people going to be able to, you know, communicate with each other? And certainly if it's people who are um, have issues with, say, social anxiety and, and issues with interacting with people, it's just going to get so difficult for them. Mm. So difficult, because people will always be second-guessing, can I do this, can I do that? Will I offend somebody? Will there be a repercussion? Yeah. And I'm not talking any genders, I'm talking in general. It's going to be a real worry. And is there any unintended consequences? Because if you are expected to always go out of your way to avoid someone, you're not conditioning them to all experiences. Yes. Because you need to, you need to understand that not everyone is the same. You could quite easily be mugged and sexually assaulted by a member of the same sex. Yeah, totally. Okay. It's not an equal probability. But the probability is there nonetheless, and it is a numbers game. You know, I can draw back to a childhood experience where I was mugged with a screwdriver Mm -hmm. by a particular section of society, and I could quite easily have taken that experience and said, if I come across another person who who dresses like that, that group that mugged me, that visibly looks like the same as the group that attacked me, speaks like the group that attacked me, I will run for dear life. Yeah. If I did that, I probably wouldn't know half the people that I know, mm. you know, and for, for clarity, it wasn't a white person, a white man who mugged mm. me, you know, a white English man who mugged me. It was a p- particular set of society. I'm not going to say, but I have not taken that experience and said, right, all of you are all the fucking same. So therefore get the fuck out of my way. That I think that's what doesn't sit well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we, we have found a good point to stop at Andy. Yeah, Cause we cannot, did you not want to segue into what you wanted to discuss? No. Or was that too hot topic, hot button, or would you prefer to speak with Jem on that subject? Uh, we'll discuss that one with Jem. Mm-hmm. So listeners, we've got another discussion as, as equally as sensitive, culturally sensitive. Yes. Um, but we'll save that one for our, our glorious co-host and leader, Jim. We'll say that for a really big conversation. Yes. But I think we've, we've had a very, I've had a very enjoyable chat this evening. Um, we've covered some interesting topics. Unfortunately, we cannot uh, solve all the world's problems. <laughs> I think we've been talking more than enough Codswell this week. I've been Gemma. I've been James. And I've been Andy. Thankfully, I've just been Andy. I've been no one else. No one else this week. I've been good. I played nicely. Yes, he's not been Andre this week. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was just thinking how funny it'd be if I'd actually forgot I'd been doing it. <laughs> just like wandered off. Yeah, just wandered off, left me talking, <laughs> and then not talking, and then talking again. 